Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey team, we've got one powerful episode for you this week. We're going to be talking about self-sabotage and we may all have our own different patterns of how this plays out for us in our life and they can feel very sticky and almost impossible to break at times. And this is probably, it's definitely up there as one of the most requested episodes in this series on exploring self. So we're super excited to put this out there. We talk about it in a way that you might not have heard before. Um, And we'd love, love, love to hear what you think or any insights you have. So feel free to reach out to us. Let us know on the email, all that stuff. We've, in the background, I know I mentioned about the merch stuff and those things. So many of you, we've been so, um, it's just so, it's so warming to see how much people want to support what we're up to. And there are requests for, uh, you know, t-shirts and that kind of stuff are, are, are piling up. So we are doing something. We are putting some stuff together. There's some artwork coming together. I don't want to break cover on too much stuff at the moment, but it's going to be really, really cool. And uh, it's going to be a great way for you to support the podcast. And also make a statement about your present and sober life or or however you want to think about it, right? So, we had, so that's coming too. So we'll super, we're super excited about that. Okay, team, I'm going to stop waffling. I'm going to hand you over to me and Ellie talking about self-sabotage. See you there. Hello, hello, hello. What's this then? It's the President's Over podcast. Oh, you've gone all copper. I've gone all copperish. Yeah, old, old English copperish. They might not know. I... What's, that's, that's, that's police people for anyone who doesn't know. I think copper is a very British uh, term. Phrase, See, yeah. I heard somebody said, hello, 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 the other day. And I was like, I wonder where that came from then. Was it a police? police yeah, it was in the context of police. I can't remember. Are you getting arrested again? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Anyway, you know, thing? you've been stealing things out the vending machines at, down at the caravan. You know, but you're, where your mind goes, <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody it's knows. So Do you know what? I now can't. Um, if I go down that route of trying to figure out where the hello, hello, hello thing came from. But it's also, it's slightly adjacent to hello, hello. Do you remember that? Yeah, the mildly the, uh, racist program from the eighties. Yeah, very <laughs> funny at times. Probably more than mild. I don't know if it's mildly or or I don't know how it would be considered these days. But yeah, probably uh, over the line. It's meant to say things. As many of old, many many old comedies are. Did you say uh, I used to? I pissed down the hall. Certainly. <laughs> um, he was yeah. a policeman as well. Anyway, here we go. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah. We forget. There's actually... We forget we're here. We forget we're, we're just having a people. chat. <laughs> it's great. Well, um, people... Ellie doesn't get arrested for stealing things from vending machines, by the way. That's not... That was... Well, um, you know that whole thing, thing about when people express something outwardly, they're just telling you how they see the world. So clearly, it's a reflection of Sam mm. and his light fingers mm. as far as vending machines Five go. finger discounts. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, we, we, we got a review from KMD. Oh, you're so good Rocks. at remembering. You're so good at remembering. You don't even tell me you've remembered. And then when you do, I get really excited. In this moment right now, I'm glowing with excitement. Right, well, I'm a big, big breath in. It's a goodie. 
<sighs> title is Don't Change a Thing. Not even Sam. <laughs> I added that bit on the end. That's not in there. Five stars. Sam and Ellie bring levity to each podcast. I frequently find myself laughing out loud while at the same time being informed on a subject that is often presented in a solemn way. Thank you. Yeah, that's very a, important. That, well, that is important to us. I'm glad that levity was there. Oh, you get confused between levity and brevity and you don't want to get them mixed up because they are different, aren't they? Um, but thank you very mm. much. That's That means a lot because I think that's very important <laughs> to us. In my head, I just had somebody levitating and a breville sandwich toaster. <laughs> Someone levitating on a breville sandwich toaster. Hot, no, that's too very, hot. That is very important to us, isn't it? And like today, so mm. we're going to be talking about um, some really deep stuff. So self-sabotage today. But we don't, it seems like, a, hey, my mate, Jamie Smart, he said something the other day that really struck me. He said, I want to be able to talk about serious stuff, but I don't have to be serious while I'm doing it. And I was yes. like, I love that. Because so much of these things in life, we, we sort of close them in rooms and we're like, oh, I can't go there. But actually, that's where the magic is, as we will hopefully discover today. Yeah. And I think that I'm really glad we've started on this, actually, because I think having bringing some lightness and some love and you know just some of that different kind of energy to this stuff it it does allow you to go to places that otherwise you might not want to mm. it helps to make it safe to help have you feel safe and connected and also to bring in new perspective mm. so i i think it's really really important yeah, I mean, well, it, oh, yeah, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, because you, you think about like the, just in your own um, your own space, when, you know, if, you, if you're, if, this, if the energy is solemn, then it carries through, you know, and then it, it's, it feels heavy and it perhaps feels more difficult mm. or... Um, brings in more resistance and then it, it perpetuates the thing and so i i think there's way more progress to be made by bringing in levity and lightness and some mm. um some humor to it and but i don't mean humor in like a crass horrible way yeah. i mean uh you know, just seeing the nature of this stuff in a really, you know, it, it like it, it's all bloody made up. All things made up. She's off on one now. I love it. Oh, don't. She's gone off. She's gone off. It's very true, though, because ultimately, I think many of us were quite schooled in um, like enduring stuff um, mm. by like pushing it down and just getting through. But actually, the the absolute magic as it looks to me is in the the allowing of this stuff to come through us everything all of the dark stuff all of the stuff that's difficult and having a but coming at it and sitting in the space from where we're completely okay and untouchable and yeah. that is a very different thing to that's not um disassociation as it looks to me that looks really different what we're talking about is inviting everything in but from your safe place because then you can hold anything. Like there's nothing in life that we can't hold in terms of 
emotions and feelings and that kind of stuff. And, you know, particularly on a topic like we're going to talk about today, if we want to um, see shifts and changes um, in, so for example, if, if we've got, you know, we're going to talk about self-sabotage, as I said, if we've got certain patterns in our life where we feel like we're just, it, they're unchangeable, we feel like they're completely fixed. Well, the way that that changes is to, to take a, like a good hard look at them and to be real with ourselves and, and just honor where we are. But we have to do that from, um, yeah, from that witness space that we often talk about. So let's do it, Ellie Crow. Let's, let's uh, do it. Let's, let's, let's waffle. Did I hit record? I did. So I had a moment there. Fucking hell shit. <laughs> that would not have been good. Uh, well, the good news is we are recording. The even better news is we are talking about self-sabotage today, which I'm sure we've all got our views on. We want to come at it from a couple of different angles. Angle. Uh, angles. We're angle going to bring in some angle with a dangle. What? I said it's, it's about the angle of the dangle. Oh, God. Fucking hell, Sam. Uh, levity Uh, how can we talk about dangling and susan anderson in the same (laughs) place like who is susan it's no wonder she won't fucking come on is it i you did that have we even reached out you did yes i have i have Have you yeah but i don't think she reads her own emails so Mm. i need to try and infiltrate her and i've got a plan because she's doing a bit of a tour at the minute around the states doing different workshops so i'm going to send a plant in not a green one. Rubber plant. What are you going to do? I'm going to send a, a client in um, on the workshop. and Send then... her a corn plant. They're nice. Yeah. So, you know, she I'm might not respond, up. She might respond better to an actual plant gift. She, yeah, she may. <laughs> with a thing on it. Do you know what? That's a fucking good idea, actually, Sam. I'm just going to write this well, down. Well, you, you, you came up with it. Send her a plant. That's, that's what we're going to do. From now on, anybody that we want on the show who's like, sort of like, super well-known and stuff, will just penetrate all of their defences by sending them a plant. <laughs> yeah, and, and it can be tailored to the person. And in fact, you and I both know we had a megastar who was supposed to come onto our podcast and then something happened. Oh, yeah. So I might have to dig out the plant for Get a cactus out. that megastar. I don't, I'm not sure she's a cactus anyway. Yeah. So more to come on that. Let us. If you're still with us, we are talking about self-sabotage today. And as I've mentioned, Susan, I might just start there. Good old Susan. So for those of you that don't know Susan Anderson, she's um, I'm, I'm just a massive fan, massive fan of this lady. She was introduced to me and Sam, actually, when we were training with Jolene Park. Do you remember that, Sam? Yeah, I, I certainly do. So I, I was about to say I got into Susan in a big way. I got into Susan's work in a big way because... It just, there was something about it that resonated with me and it, I I bought her book, got into listening to her in all different um, places and it became really meaningful in my own healing journey. And because of just how transformative it was for me, I've then used every opportunity to talk about it or um, invite people along to the Susan Anderson party. So the small group work that I do, I um, use Susan Anderson's work in there uh, because it's just so massively helpful. Um, And the thing that I love about it all is, so so her work is all about um, healing from abandonment, 
and understanding how and why we self-sabotage and then what we can do about it. Highly practical. So we'll, under the podcast in the show notes, we'll reference, um, you know, her book and what have you that you can go and look up. But essentially one of the best things about her work is the frame of uh, separating out behaviours and feelings. So Susan Anderson talks about the inner child, which most people will be familiar with. So three, four-year-old version of you, the version of you that's got all the hopes and dreams, the version of you that just wants to be loved and nurtured and taken care of. So we're usually quite familiar with the inner child. There are two other players in the Susan Anderson world. The second player is the outer child. And the outer child is the, imagine like the teenage version of you, the bungling, misguided, well-intended, and that's an important point, that part of you that is trying desperately to look after the inner child and take care of its needs, but doing it in all of the wrong ways, acting out in all of the wrong ways. And that part of us, that that behavioural part, can then become quite unruly and get us into trouble, ergo self-sabotaging behaviours. So that that's uh, those first two parts, the inner child and the outer child, what we're doing there is separating out feelings, inner child, behaviours, outer child. And so we'll come back to that. It can be really, really helpful as a frame. And then the third part in the play is the adult self. And the adult self is... Like the general in charge, the um, you know, when we've got our executive functioning online, it should be the two people that are sitting here recording a podcast. But who knows? <laughs> quite often, the uh, yeah, quite often the adults leave the room. It would seem. Mm. Yes, it would. It would. So these three parts within Susan Anderson's work. So she has a marvelous book, which um, I would highly recommend um, reading, buying. It's called Taming Your Outer Child. Uh, funny story I've told people to buy it hard copy and what I meant by that was a physical book because it's handy to reference back and forth as journaling exercises and different um, things to do in there and so what I meant was hard copy physical copy because if you've got it on a um, either audio or you've got a mm. screen device it could be quite challenging <laughs> so two of my clients searched high and low to find a hard-backed copy of the book. <laughs> Not just one, but two of them did it. Um, so they are the proud owners. They're probably one of the few hard, uh, physical hard-backed copies. So you don't need to buy a physical hard-back copy. Just a paperback would be fine, but a physical copy. And so that book as a resource is, is fantastic. And Susan Anderson takes you through in detail you know, these these parts of us, the feeling um, part, the behavioural aspect. And then there are specific guided exercises that allow you to open up a dialogue between these three parts of us and move into a place where uh, we can understand and appreciate the way that the outer child has shown up for us and the inner child but be able to take back the reins effectively. And so not demonising the outer child, but giving the outer child a place to dwell so that the adult self can take the reins. And interestingly, it's not quite that simple because often 
there has been such a breakdown in trust between inner child and adult um, adult self that there is a lot of reparation to do to rebuild trust and connection. So it's not quite as straightforward as removing the outer child and p- putting the adult self in its place. So if any of that is um, uh, giving you any kind of uh, pull, I, I do highly recommend the book. It's really wonderful. And that, but just that frame in itself, I think separating out feelings and behaviors is such a good starting point because we don't, I don't think we do that typically. We don't separate the stuff out. We just see it all as us um, messing things up or not dealing with things. And one of the things that I see quite often and hear quite often in the places that we coach uh, where people identify the behavioral stuff and then will attribute it to a part of themselves, but then demonize that part. And, you know, we hear people will do things like name their, I hate this term, wine witch, but, and and if it's helpful for you, by the way, that's, you know, it's just a personal thing. I just don't like it. Um, So if that's helpful for for you, then absolutely, you know, do, do what you need to do. But I I see it differently in that I don't think we need to demonize any part of us. I think we are going to make far more progress by integrating all parts of us, understanding the place, um, the the um, the role that they play, and being able to orient more skillfully to the behavioral aspects that are conducive to where we want to go in life and what we want to do with this embodied life mm-hmm. yeah that's cool the um hang on i need to uh give me some... was it gonna uh i thought it was gonna sneeze but didn't happen um oh, shame these metaphors are super helpful because as it as it looks to me you know whether whether these things are inner child outer child or you know lots of people will you know people will talk about like transactional analysis all these different ways of understanding the different parts of ourselves as it looks to me like there's all of that and you know some but it but that's not not at the end of the day none of it's um it's a process it's being created through us by us none of that's real in the sense Mm. of ultimately so i think at the core we've got us you've got you like the spiritual you at the bottom of all of that who's who's witness to all that so even the adult self is very often you know we talk about you know like you said prefrontal cortex um you know being able to use our you know planning and executive function and all that kind of stuff that's still like an 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 area of the kind of analytical mind etc so far far deeper than that is is you and i think Mm. there's it can be twofold so for a lot of people these kinds of metaphorical journeys are incredibly powerful and for other people, they might really not like that. And for me, so for me, I've kind of been more of a journey of like looking deep, deep, deep into just having, like letting go of all of that, just not having any of it um, and just noticing it. And I think they're both very powerful paths and it's personal. Um, but the the interesting thing about self-sabotage, as it, as it looks to me, is... Um, you know, different things might mean different, different, different people might mean different things by it. But what I love, 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 loved about what you said is that the outer child is like, it may act out or do things that 
are self-sabotaging or look like self-sabotaging behaviors, but it's not like it's doing it. To, it's, it's, it, it thinks it's doing a good thing. Like it's trying to, you know, it makes sense. Right. And so from how it looks to me, and I was talking to, I know I said to you before we started recording that I'd been recorded, um, talking to Jamie about this the other day. Um, and so for anyone who doesn't know, we recorded an episode with Jamie Smart a few weeks ago, definitely recommend it. It's a really lovely conversation. And as it, as it looks to him and I kind of, I, I think we're talking about the same thing. We're just coming at it from different ways is that there isn't a, such a thing as self-sabotage in the way that a lot of people think about it. What's actually happening is we're all just doing what makes sense to us with the level of understanding that we have. So mm. my behaviors in my early twenties from the outside in probably would have looked like self-sabotaging behaviors, like drinking, taking drugs when I didn't want to, not being able to um, say no to people. Um, so people will have all sorts of different examples of, you know, not being able to keep money in the bank, um, you know, wrecking relationships that they they want to be in. There's, a, there's, there's, a, there's kind of like lots of different examples. Um, well, all that's happening is that we're, you know, we're doing what makes sense to us. And, and it's not that it can't be, that it can't hurt us or other people, um, you know, in a feeling sense, but it's, we're either trying to protect ourselves, or we're scared or we're fearful, or we, you know, we may not believe that we are deserving of something. Um, so we, and that may be unconscious. And so we play the pattern of rejecting that thing or pushing it away. Um, and so I think that the, the key thing that, wherever you're coming at it, correct me if I'm wrong, mate, but the, the key thing that we want to really, really highlight is however it looks to you and whatever metaphor or la or non-metaphor you want to use for this on the journey, it's that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the best you can with the understanding you've got, the information that you've got. And as soon as that changes, so will what makes sense to you. So suddenly a lot of those behaviors that may have been locked in for decades that you feel like are fixed will shift for you and that takes courage it takes you have to honor where you are but it doesn't come from like you very clearly and you know very succinctly said it like beating ourselves up literally or, or metaphorically like telling ourselves you know oh, that part of me is wrong i need to like gang up on that bit of me so like, well no because very often they're actually things that did keep us safe once upon a time so something that kept you safe when you were six um a way of seeing the world or a belief or that is no longer useful to you grown, you know, in the adult world that you're in. It, it's not that it's, it's not bad. It's just, um, you've, you've either outgrown it or it's not useful anymore or, and so grace and love are always going to be a much more powerful platform to stand on over dismissing yourself or getting at yourself or, you know, judging yourself and comparing yourself against everybody else who's figured it out. And you're the one that's always going to be doing this and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how it looks to you, but I think that's the one of the, one of the key things anyway, that we really want to sort of draw out. Right. Mm, it is. Yeah. Do you know what? I just um, got your sneeze and I, was, and I really thought I was going to sneeze and then it went. <laughs> Where's no. it gone now? It's gone to who's behind you on the sofa. Oh, that's Lola on to lola in a minute lola's gonna sneeze and wake herself well, up if she, does, if she does that'd be wild it's i'll tell you what it'll be crazy because the the dog's backwards sneeze it's the loudest thing in the world ever what like they go backwards when they sneeze what do you mean not quite literally it, my a backward sneeze 
Yeah. It, one day you'll hear it and you will know it. You'll be like, what the hell is she doing? Oh, she's mm. backwards sneezing. I'm, I get in lots of trouble when I don't let Robin know that I'm going to sneeze because it scares the living shit out of her. Because I, I have an outrageously loud sneeze and it make, it's so loud that it makes all the things in the house ring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I sneeze and then afterwards, like the shit ringing all around the room. And she's like, you really need to tell me when that's going to happen. Yeah, you're impacting her nervous system. But my brother's the same. I was in the car with him the other day driving around and he did the same thing to me. And, I, you know, I was like, oh, my. Anyway, anyway, we we digress. That's a good segue into the nervous system. <clears throat> because is. what you're talking about, the whole safety aspect, the protect ourselves aspect. So when, we, when we're kiddies and the nervous system's developing, the most appropriate response usually for kids that are feeling um, unsafe, uh, uh, activated. And by the way, this doesn't have have to mean that you're in a terribly dangerous situation or that you've um, experienced trauma. It, it, it could be, um, but not necessarily. It can be the absence of something happening for you. The, the nervous system is going to pick up on cues of danger so and, and act accordingly. And the, the response that's typically appropriate for kids is freeze um, fight or flights usually not accessible so the freeze response becomes quite a home from home quite a um, familiar place to dwell and has its own feeling of safety attached to it now the difficulty is that as we then approach adolescence and adulthood this is where we start to uh, see these self-sabotaging behaviors come to the fore and so in my my own experience like so I probably started drinking when I was I don't know possibly even like 13 or 14 like very young very young and it was very much a god like the irony of this it was very much a place of safety ha ha you know, kids drinking, how can that possibly be safe? But in terms of the the experience of the nervous system, that 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 um what's the word I'm looking for? That uh depressant effect, you know, the um the uh God, I can't remember what's the the anesthetic effect of alcohol that's brought in this uh you know dampening of the of the nervous system. So the thing that I think can, like, I think it's just useful to know, how, like, the mechanism of how it works. And then, like, if I look at my adulthood, I wouldn't have seen it this way at the time, but there is that, like, this cyclical behavioral stuff. So, patterns, which then, when they are, um, just being played out with the subconscious as opposed to having conscious attention brought to it, they're reinforced over a very long time. So going from those first experiences of drinking as a as a kid, effectively, to self-medicating with alcohol as a, for, a nearly 40-year-old, when I then went through that experience of the alcohol experiment where I then removed this um, self-sabotaging behavior 
for the first time, it was really unsettling. And there was, of course, lots of amazing things that were happening in that process, but there was still like this absence of something, this absence of this safety mechanism. So that that protective element of it is very real and it's worth understanding because when we do then remove it, if we don't have anything else to mm. uh, to to put in its place, and I'm not saying you're missing anything, but I remember distinctly having this feeling of I'm about. It was almost, and I did actually use the word self sabotage with one of the coaches in the alcoholics where I remember saying something like, it, "It was something along the lines of, I feel really good, really happily alcohol free. I've got no desire to drink." But why do I feel like I'm about to sabotage myself? And it was just this this undercurrent of something missing. Um, and as I say, you, you know, none of us have got anything missing, but the there is a very real experience, you know, as we transition through this stuff. So as I said earlier, I think understanding the lightly the mechanism of it and then expecting that there is going to be some recalibration required. And this whole series is going to be lots and lots of little elements of turning inward, how you can attend to yourself in a different way that then mean that these um, behavioral safety mechanisms, protective mechanisms are just not required anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Because, I mean, when at a young age, I mean, I was the same. I, I started drinking when I was about sort of, I mean, I think I had the odd thing before, but 12 really was when I actually kind of consciously went out and bought mm-hmm. booze with mates or whatever. And, you know, so it starts early. And, <clears throat> you know, for me at the time, OCD, ADHD. So I got this message instantly of just like, oh, like, you know, quiet, quieter mind, et cetera. It seemed like the, the perceived benefits seemed to be much st- stronger, I think. Um, and you learn, you kind of get the unconscious message without realizing it that, oh, you know, you don't have to feel the raw stuff of life if you don't want to, you know, or you can kind of like park it for a bit. And then at the weekend, you can, you can just let go. You don't care. You can just have a drink. Um, and I think it's worth hanging on what you said about the depressant things. I think a lot of people, they think so dep- a, a depressant drug, it down regulates the information and the, and the signals being passed in your central nervous system. So it slows down what's happening inside your central nervous system a lot of people they think it means that they're necessary that they're going to get depressed as in like depressed mood which you know we'll talk topic for a different day that can come as a byproduct but at its purest sort of chemical descriptive level depressant basically means you know like you said now the thing about that is when you get like GABA and all these things that slow everything down in your body things don't feel um as raw or any of those things so when you take that away you're on a you're on a journey, a beautiful journey of learning to feel again. Mm-hmm. And that is beautiful and it's com- completely safe, but it can feel a bit raw. It can feel a bit raw. And so it, exactly, it could just be breath work. It might be heat, cold, exercise, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, but absolutely, it's a very important point. You're not missing anything. You're just, you're so um, full of stuff that you just don't, you, you haven't quite caught up to the the beauty of all of that yet. The beauty of all of that yeah you've just been you've you're actually so full that you've been kind of like 
running away from that a little bit. And the absolutely mm-hmm. amazing thing is to realize just how incredible that side of life is. The felt side of life is the is the biggest gift as it looks to me is to get all of that stuff back. And it's a process. And yeah, that's I love that you've shone a light on that for people because people may be like, why why do I kind of feel this or why would it why does it seem to make sense to me to want to run away or sabotage or and it's um that's not you it's Mm. physiological you're just you're recalibrating you're resetting um and yeah that's a really good word right recalibrating and the i think it's just something important here to tease out around we hear a lot from people about like having a toolbox and having things in the toolbox. And that might be some of the things that you mentioned earlier. And, and of course, those things can be helpful in the recalibration process. But it's really important that you follow your own trail of breadcrumbs, to use mm-hmm. Laura McCowan's um, analogy. It's really important that you follow the things that are meaningful and important to you and that, impact you like the the whole the the barometer is how does it make you feel Mm. not just doing things for the sake of doing them not just doing them so that you have the um perceived safety net of a toolkit oh i've got my tools so i'm okay well no you're okay irrespective of the tools the Mm. tools are wonderful things to help you as you move through the process but you're going to move through it regardless Yes, there are wonderful, wonderful things that we can add in and that can help us to go on that journey of um, raising our level of understanding, um, being creating the environments so that we're open to have those moments of insight. But the thing that's really interesting is it's almost like, um, so remove alcohol, add a bunch of other stuff in, and then... Um, almost still feel like there's there's still something missing. There's always like this, something missing, and there's never anything missing. And then those tools, some of them will expire, some of them Mm. will pass their usefulness date, and then they start to drop off. And then you realize that you don't you don't need any of them anyway. Yes, they're lovely. Like at the moment, I've um, had a period of being able to go outside in the cold tub in the back garden. And like that, it has a huge effect on me. It really does. Like, I don't want to lose that as a practice, but I'd be okay if I didn't have it. Be okay if I didn't have it. But Mm. being able to, like last night, so I've been to my yoga class and I came back and it was a clear sky and I could see Venus and the moon. And so, all right gonna go and have a little hop in hop in the cold tub aren't I and it was and it was beautiful and wonderful and so those things they're really enriching for us and they they really do have an impact on how we feel and so they're worth pursuing but I just think there's this interesting thing of we change a, a particular type of behavior feel like something's missing add a bunch of stuff in and then over time realize that none of it's required and then it all starts to drop off yeah well i mean ultimately this this is where it becomes spiritual where it becomes that that feeling of lack that feeling of not enoughness all that kind of stuff is just uh you know that's one of the reasons we've put this series together is a is a innocent misunderstanding as to who you are and as you start to really 
understand that the level of who you really are you can't add or take anything away from that mm. place it's just a feeling it's just it's just you know that's a really that that will change everything that will change everything so um yeah i love that i love 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 that we've spoken about that because we hadn't planned that as well and that seems to be really important do you know what else seems to be really important to me right now are you gonna sneeze i need a wee are you gonna let me go and have one well yeah but you went before we started <laughs> i know I, uh, yeah i know but i need another one i'm sorry it's my okay. inner child come back to part two of the self-sabotaging podcast it's not well, even that, not even, no one's even gonna know i'm gonna click pause it'll be like i never went it's only you that's gotta wait hang on a minute oh hang on it didn't work there you go i'm back it's like i never even went anywhere back from outer space i like that i felt like i needed to ask for permission <laughs> thought i might get in trouble mm, that's all right that's good right so do you know this would be a really lovely part part place to talk about you know why why is this so important like why is it worth looking at this stuff the things that we i mean for very to be honest with you from i would imagine that for most people if we do have a behavior that we've been describing as self-sabotage or sort of something that we just keep doing and we basically like why the fuck do i keep doing that thing i don't want to do um you were hyper aware of those things and they're very often the things that people are most keen to to do something about um but but it's important because these are very often the things that can stand in the way of um that thing that we really want to do you know maybe it is creating that business or maybe it is saving up for for the house or maybe it's um having that you know meaningful relationship or maybe it you know it doesn't matter it's completely unique but they're you know it's absolutely worth um, having the courage to look in this direction because it can really um, have a profound impact in our life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I used to do a lot was not do stuff for fear of failure. Mm. So having a big belief around with me my entire life that I am what I achieve, my self-worth equates, is linked directly to my achievements and my accomplishments in life. So the thought of not achieving something the thought of failing at something it's just like absolutely bloody intolerable so uh, there the were kind of two uh, two ends to this one is uh, being very um like putting a lot of pressure on myself and a lot of stress and anxiety to deliver not coming from anybody else but just coming from me and then uh, the protective part of me of like, well, just just don't push yourself out there. Then just don't, you know, you don't need to do the thing. So there's the outer child voice. You don't need to do the thing. Just like do this really safe thing over here where we can't fail at it because then we don't feel we in a child doesn't feel um, less than. So for a long time, there were lots of things that I would choose not to do out of. Fear of failure, you're pointing at me. I am, because it's such a fucking brilliant example of where we where the where we're looking is so important. So procrastination, right? Or kind of avoidance or however people might describe it for themselves. What what often people what people will often do is go, 
I need to go and get some coaching around my procrastination. That is the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. It will solve itself once all you need, like once we have an insight into the realm of that stuff. If we in an instant, you know, the stuff that's really made a difference for you, mate, I would uh, shoot from the hip and say it's not that you tackled procrastination, it's that you had some deep insights about who you really are, like where mm. your self-worth actually comes from, the fact that you're valuable no matter what you do. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know, you and everybody, right? Like you're special, but you're not special. You're special, every, but, but you're at not the special. same time, you're not. <laughs> so, like, it's and that's so great, right? But that that's the thing. And so often, I have these experience in coaching calls a lot, where I think people are like, "What is he doing?" Because they're, you know, logically. And I used to do this as well. Give me the goal. Give me the tactic. Help deal with my procrastination. All I need to do is deal with that. But actually, I'm far, far more curious about just having a connected conversation about how life looks because that's yeah. it so that was why it looks spiritual to me that's why it looks ruthlessly practical to be looking it's, in a spiritual direction it totally is i had to i had a moment on a coaching call the other day that would have um just sent your hairs up your hairs up on the back i don't know maybe it's on the back of your neck all my hair else. there's it loads of it all your hair yeah. i would have looked like, some yeah, mad like a troll <laughs> oh thanks um I, I had a a moment with with somebody on a coaching call and we connected really, really deeply. And this this individual was seeing some stuff. Mm. And granted, for other people on the call, I can imagine it could have felt uncomfortable because there was a lot of silence, right? There's mm. a lot of uncomfortable silence. And there was a lot of um, energy moving about. And there were tears. And um, it was one of those. And uh, this person was just at that point, and and somebody very well intended on the call <laughs> offered up i can't even remember what it was but it, they offered up a a tool you know like from the toolbox so here's well here, here's this tool from my toolbox that will help with your procrastination in that kind of it wasn't procrastination but you see what i mean and it was it it was like i don't know it was a bit like a balloon being popped yeah <laughs> Um, all is not lost, but it is it is really interesting to consider which which what what it is that we're looking at because yes, the tools can be really helpful, but you know, you're not walking through this life trying to plug holes imaginary holes and adjust behaviors like that that's not what it's about and that doesn't sound very exciting to me oh i love how you put that yeah i mean more and more these days i'm starting to realize that yeah there are no holes to plug Mm -hmm. so you can play that game if you and there's nothing you know it's not bad but you'll play it until you realize this is what Sydney Banks was always on about. None of that's real. Like it's just you don't you don't you don't need any beliefs. I think a lot of people they think, oh, I need to upgrade them. And it's not that, you know, we're gonna need things to help us. Like if you want to cross some terrain, a map is very helpful. Um but other than like the practical day-to-day stuff, um, 
where a map can be very helpful you don't you don't need any of that you don't need beliefs you don't if you want to like tap into pure creativity that's just in you if you want to tap into deep love that's just in you if you want to tap into peace that's just who you are you don't need a belief that i am a peaceful person yeah that's just something you're going to fucking say in your head but that's not real like this is my thing with it's not that affirmations aren't can't be helpful as kind of like a as, as like a vehicle and i understand they're a vehicle but at the point where you touch the truth of the affirmation you don't have to fucking say it why would you have to walk around saying i'm peaceful if you know if you just are if you know that you are so i i just think it's um if people knew what they had going for them Hmm. that would change everything. And every time I see someone light up and realize what they've got going for them, it does change everything. And I can't give them that. You can't give them that. You know, we know that we can't do that. That has to come from them and we can only hear it when we're ready. Um, anyway, here's, you know, I know that we'd, there was something else that seemed really important for me to talk about is the, you know, when, when we were talking about why was this, sort of said, well, you know, it's all thought created. So, I mean, divine thought here. I mean, kind of the, all of the special effects department that's bringing your experience to life, that's what you're feeling. So if you have any kind of belief, for example, or something that is, uh, so take, for example, the the belief around, um, I'm not deserving of, or I'm not worthy of, something like that, which someone may may or may not know that they have but you know their bank account fills up with money and they feel very uncomfortable and they end up spending the whole thing they got to get rid of it because they just can't deal with it being there right um that will very much feel like something that's kind of um inbuilt or like a like a, like there's an energetic element to that of like there's a there's an experience of it but it's not coming from that but it's not coming from your bank account that's full of money it's not coming from your bank balance. It is coming from you. And that's very, very good news because you don't have to, like, all you need to do is just kind of get really curious. And we're going to talk about ways that we can do this about it. But as things start to shift, you know, because because here's the kind of difference it makes for a lot of people. Make a load of money, spend a lot of money. Make a load of money, spend a lot of money. Yeah, That's kind of like playing around with a world of form. But if you just have some insights around you, then suddenly you won't necessarily be spending all that money unless you want to, right? Because there's nothing, it's not, there's nothing wrong with having a bank account with money in it. There's nothing wrong with spending money. There's nothing wrong with saving. It's not about the action points. It's not about that stuff. It's mm -hmm. about the energetics of what's happening behind it. Um, yeah. So I just think that's important to talk about because any kind of, any anything we have that feels limiting, any I can't statement, or anything like that, we feel like we're getting information from the universe. We feel like it's true that I can't fill gap. Everybody else can, but I can't. That isn't real. Like that's not real at the ultimate level. You're feeling thought. So the moment your thought changes, the moment you see it's made of thought, it won't, you won't feel trapped by it anymore. No, you, the structure will have moved for you. So you will be in a new world. Um, and the same is true for all this stuff that we're talking about with self-sabotage too. Mm. Mm. So it's very important. It is. Mm. 
I go off on a bit of a mind wander. She's she's having a moment. <laughs> you want to go uh, off on a mind wander, or do you want to? Because I know that we were going to talk about, you know, well, so what? And we didn't really know what we were going to say, did we? We hadn't really written a lot down about what what to do with all this um, stuff. But, I mean, because there's a few very kind of um, obvious things that we can do. So you know, you mentioned Susan Anderson's work, um, and you know, I'm I'm a firm believer that as well exactly what you said about following the breadcrumbs and following our intuition on this stuff um and you can't go wrong because even if you kind of go wrong you haven't gone wrong because all you've done is learn oh not that way <laughs> yeah and then you've gained some things it doesn't look to me like there is a going wrong no i agree i agree there's something you said earlier before we started recording about uh considering how you want things mm. to be well that's the courageous thing isn't it rather than just staring blankly at what you don't want yeah is having the courage to look at what you do want mm. Mm. having a moment mate well i can i can you have a moment i'll i'll I'll, I'll waffle for a minute. Yes. Well, whenever we're looking at what we don't want, we're in problem orientation. So we're in, there's my self-sabotaging behavior. That's what I don't want. There's the problem. There's the procrastination or whatever. Let's, let's fix that. Well, the thing is you're not broken. So problem orientation will always, it can very often feel like we're spinning our wheels, but we're not going anywhere. Now, oh, creation orientation is going to be looking mm. at what you'd love to have happen. So instead of looking at the fact that your bank account is empty again or that you're not getting anything done, you start looking in the direction of, you know, what is that thing that you really want to do? Or how much money would you like to have in your bank account and how would you go about doing it? Now, that will bring up, that all takes some courage very often. Right. And if you if you don't have the full picture, you don't need it. You can. So here's how it looks to me is that if you have a full picture of what you want, that's amazing. Describe it. Get real. Like write it all out. What would you love to have happen? Like, what do you want that thing to look like? What's the business going to be like? How is it going to impact people? Like do all that stuff. Right. That's awesome. If that's not there and if all you have is an image or if you're signed like, you know, like, I just don't know, Sam, I'm just stuck in this thing and I don't know what to do, then set an intention. The intention is I and all it need be right now is I set the intention to discover what it is I want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to. There's this beautiful line in um, Rilke, Letters to a Young Poet, and I, I can't remember the exact thing i wonder if i i don't know if i'll be able to find it but it's along the lines of until you've figured out the answer love it love the question just love that question just mm. what if right now the only thing that you need to worry about or think about worry in like a be with way not in like anxiety way just the only thing you need to be with is the question or the intention of 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 that and it will come it will come. It's not going to come from your intellect, though, that kind of stuff. Like your heart's desire is not going to come from your intellect. It's going to come from you. So start looking in those directions. And then you, you will be guided to that stuff. You will be guided to that stuff. 
But if you feel like you would love to have assistance, then go get some. Like there's no coach or, or teacher in the world that can give you the answers as it looks to me. But being in presence with people that have seen how it works for them, there's a resonance to that that you will pick up on. And it will come from beyond, like Sid used to say, from beyond the word. It's not going to come from the intellect. Um, and so those those places are really, you know, you, you, you know, your ego, your intellect might get really frustrated, might get really annoyed that, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's just the fact that you're looking in the direction is amazing, is amazing. You start looking in the direction of what you'd love to have happen. All sorts of stuff start working for you and and sort of coming into alignment. And, you know, it's like being by a tuning fork. You know, I think, I can't remember who said yeah. that. Um, but like, you know, you you be around people that are of that kind of resonance, that kind of note, and then you kind of like start picking up on that and you'll start seeing stuff. And mm. yeah, it it ain't gonna... You are not going to solve, none of us are going to solve the problem at the level of the problem. Like if we jump into that self-sabotaging behavior, try and understand it, try and fix it, try and do all of that kind of stuff. It just, we just, that's spinning our wheels as it, as it looks to me. An insight is when we see something new, we have fresh new thought or a misunderstanding falls away. Um, and that's, that's where the magic's going to be. So find a place where you can, you can do that. And Yeah the best thing that can come from spinning your wheels is you become exhausted and you give up and you surrender because <laughs> you're so fucking tired and then yeah then there's the space so you could you could go down that route it's probably the longer route the shorter route is to be to make yourself available to create an environment and cultivate an environment of receptivity and that's going to require a level of trust or faith. But as Sam says, hanging around with people that uh, have a, um, you know, have an experience that is further down the road than yours is going to be really helpful because then you can lean on their faith. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of looks to me that truth does not give a shit whether, you know, there's this kind of my truth, your truth, small, small t truth. And then there's truth with a capital T, like how it works. And we all at the deepest level, we we absolutely have access to truth. We already know we're just under a spell of our own making where we've tricked ourselves into thinking that we don't now when you hang out with someone who has had those insights for themselves they're not like teaching you anything they're just just in being in their presence the spell will start to lift and you'll start to see things more clearly so that looks to me like a like a gut thing a wisdom thing and you are you are deserving of everything that you are on that journey. So if you're if it's like you're standing in front of something that you really want to do and it's a big investment or whatever, I know exactly what that's like. I've been there, um, and your brain's spinning out all sorts of stuff this way, that way, and all the rest of it. But your heart's going here, 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 here. Just go for it, go for it because you 
this is it, right? This is it. <laughs> like you can, it, nothing's lost. You can't go wrong. Like Ellie said, spin your wheels if you like. That's fine. It's not like if that's what's going to make sense to us. I span my wheels for forever before I started to get some traction, started to make some real decisions, right? So it's not like that's wrong or anything. It's just when we're ready to hear, we will hear. And if we're not ready to hear, we won't hear it. We won't hear it. That's the the reason why people, you know, people read the same book that's full of truth and three people have this profound insight and 97 are like load of rubbish. It's but if if there is truth in there, and I'm then that that's your kind of there's there's something in you that will be saying, give that a go. Give that a go. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of what I would say. Whether it's a book, whether it's um listening to you suddenly you're like huh i'm gonna start listening to podcasts about this stuff huh i'm gonna follow that breadcrumb huh that thing that sam said huh that thing that ellie said that's that's it that that looks like the the place to go and um yeah yeah you don't have to uh repeat the same patterns over and over again no you don't have to do that no. Right, mate. Anything anything else important to to add? I don't think so. I think we've done a good job. Thanks for holding up the rear. I need to Always, go get some mate. headache tablets. Yeah. It's probably listening to me for over an hour. I have to see if this might even don't know if this has been a two well, hour or not. I uh hate to say it, mate, but you know. <laughs> All right. Right, you lot. Have an amazing week. You know, get in the Facebook group. Let us know what's going on. Please go leave us a review because then we get to read it out. And uh, how much is badass? That's super cool. Um, love you all. Say something wise, Ellie Crow. Oh no! Oh, you fucked it. <laughs> <laughs>